If you would please get your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke 1, we're going to be looking, reading together uh, verses 39 through 55. If you are using the Bibles that are in the pew, uh, that would be on page 903. So page 903 in the pew Bibles, uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 55. Starting in verse 39. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. If you were here with us last week, you know that we started a, um, a series called From Humbug to Hallelujah. And uh, Pastor Dick spoke last week, and, and he spoke about breaking the chains of Christmas. And he talked about that for many people during the Christmas season, they forge some chains in their life, chains of materialism, maybe chains of bitterness towards relatives and friends, maybe the chains of unrealistic expectations that you just want everything to go perfect this holiday season, and oftentimes it doesn't. And maybe even the chains of financial stress and Last week, Pastor Dick talked about that our actions have consequences, and those actions can form some bad habits in our life for us and for our families. However, the good news is that Pastor Dick shared last week that change is God's main business. Change is, God, is God's main business, that Jesus Christ and God's grace brings change that sets us free from those habits and from those failures. And last week he challenged us, he encouraged us uh, to, uh, to decide to focus on, focus on God and, and, and allow him to set us free from those negative chains through Christ's power this Christmas. And, and, and he challenged us all to think through some of those chains that maybe are evident in our lives and how we can get rid of them this Christmas season through God's strength. So that was last week. We talked about how to break the chains. And this week I want to talk about rekindling joy this Christmas. Rekindling joy this Christmas. And we're going to look this week at what, what is joy? 
really, what is joy that when we talk about joy? And how do we rob ourselves of joy because of our past? And finally, how can we choose joy this Christmas season? This week I was uh, doing some studying and I was, I was trying to come up with a, a great definition of joy. And I came across this definition. Joy is gladness based on God's grace and goodness. Joy is gladness based on God's grace and goodness. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know what? Our world confuses happiness and joy. They use those words sometimes interchangeable. Uh, and, and they're not. Uh, some would say this morning, right now, Pastor Dick is at Disney World with his grandkids. And some would say that those grandkids are experiencing joy this morning. Uh, that they are at Disney, they're enjoying Disney and everything like that. But you know what? That's not joy. They're happy this morning, and that happiness is based on their situation and their surroundings. But joy isn't based on our situations and our surroundings. Uh, it's not based on those things. Joy is a gladness that, that is based on God's grace and goodness. And, and as I was thinking about this, uh, if you have your Bibles, I want to turn to 1 John 1. We're going we're gonna to be in 1 John uh, a, a few uh, moments here this morning, as well as Luke 1 that, that Jamie read for us this morning. But in, in 1 John 1, we see the, 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 this letter starts off with, with these words. Verse 1 in 1 John 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared and we have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. We know that John is writing here about Jesus. Uh, these words are describing Jesus. And here John is saying, you know where my joy comes from? Because the fact that I have experienced God's grace. I have seen Jesus Christ with my own eyes. I have touched Him. I have a relationship with Him. My sins have been forgiven. And that gives me joy. And then John in verse 4 goes on to say, and we write you these things so that our joy may, com may be complete. John is saying here that I have joy because of Jesus in my life. And you know what? I just don't want to keep that joy. I need to write about that joy so you can have that joy too. Joy is gladness based on God's grace and goodness. And if you think about that, and, and no matter where you are this morning or what kind of week you had this morning, we all should be joyful people. Because no matter the situations that we face this week or the circumstances that we face this week, you know, we, we may have had a, had a rough week. We may have had a good week. But you know what? Joy doesn't focus on those situations or circumstances. It focuses on God's grace and His goodness, which is what Christmas is all about. That should be the source of our joy. Now, you know, last week we started and, and, and we, we used the life of Ebenezer Scrooge as an example of how not to live our lives during the Christmas season or any season of the year, no matter what. Ebenezer was a pretty miserable man. When you look at his life, you would say that, that he has no happiness or joy in his life. He is miserable. 
He is, he is by himself and, 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 you know, the consequences of this humbug life that Ebenezer was living was more serious than he could ever imagine. It was lonely. It was cold. It was impersonal. It was pretty depressing life that Ebenezer lived. This week uh, on Monday night, Dana and I sat down with the kids and we thought, well, let's watch the Christmas Carol. Let, let, let's watch the Christmas Carol. They'd never watched it before. And so we sat down and we watched it. And, and it's interesting to watch the Christmas Carol. And you've watched it before. You've probably read the story or seen it. And, and the interesting thing that came to mind as I was watching this was, you know what? Ebenezer was not always the Scrooge. He was not always miserable. There was a point in his life where his life was full of happiness and joy. Watch this clip right here just to get a glimpse of that happiness and joy that was in Ebenezer's life. pleasure is such a small matter. He only spent a few pounds, three or four at best. Is it so much that he deserves praise for it? You don't understand, spirit. He had the power to make us happy or unhappy, to make our work heavy or light. What's the matter? Nothing. Looking back, Perhaps things seemed better than they really were. All this was a lie, then. The world changes. You can't trust anything. But no. It was just like this, right down to the last mince pie and dance. if you realize from that scene when, when uh, the spirit of Christmas past takes Ebenezer back to this scene in his life. And I didn't notice if you saw it in his eyes. There was Scrooge, this hardened man, and he saw this scene from his past. And he realized the joy and happiness that he once had in his life. The, the grace that God had given him that not only did he have friends and an employer, but someone to love in his life. That God brought those into his life. And for a moment, you could see this hard man soften. And then he puts up his defense. And he goes about his, his, his humbug life. And 
but he wasn't always that way. There was a point in time where joy uh, was in his life. You know, we see in that movie that the spirit of Christmas past takes, takes Ebenezer back to his past. And you know what? Sometimes we need to go back to our past. Sometimes we need to go back to the experiences that shaped our lives and realize, you know what? They have something to say about how we experience joy. And as we think about uh, going back to these experiences, Scrooge exp experience with the ghost of Christmas past or the spirit of Christmas past uncovers two principles that can steal our joy that I think we need to realize. Number one, we're robbed of joy by the memory of wounds we've received. We're robbed of joy by the memory of the wounds that we have received from other people. As, as our family watched um, A Christmas Carol on Monday nights, there were two powerful scenes in that from Scrooge's past that kind of talk about the, these wounds. The first scene was when he was in boarding school. His mother had just died, and his dad sent him to boarding school. And it was getting ready for the Christmas holiday, and all the kids in the boarding school were happy and excited, and they saw them leaving the boarding school, going home to celebrate with friends and family. Except young Ebenezer. That Christmas, he sat in the classroom by himself, celebrating Christmas alone. It was a really, really sad scene and 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 just to see how wounded he was by that experience in his life that all the other all his other uh, classmates had families that loved him and wanted to spend time with them and Ebenezer sat on Christmas alone there was another scene the next Christmas his his young sister Fran came to visit him during the Christmas holiday and uh, and she comes to bring him home, and she says these words, Father is much kinder now. He will allow you to come home and celebrate with the family. You know, and as you think about those words, you realize that Ebenezer wasn't put in that boarding school for his own benefit. He was put in that boarding school because he was rejected by his dad. His dad didn't want him, didn't want anything to do with him. And you know what? Young Ebenezer experienced times of bitterness and loneliness and separation from his family. And these were the roots of that humbug life. Roots uh, that, that, that led to these wounds of rejection and loneliness and feeling unloved. And so when we think about our past, we can think, you know what, sometimes our past, those, those wounds of others rob us of joy. We carry around those, those scars and it can rob us of our joy. The other thing that we think about past experiences, we're robbed of joy by the memory of choices that we make. By the choices that we made. The, the spirit of Christmas past shows another scene of Scrooge with his fiancée, Bella, that he was dancing with there. And their relationship was ending. He saw that through this painful encounter that, that Bella comes to see him and, and, and Scrooge has started his business and, and Bella says to him, his fiancée says this, you've become a man of business, Ebenezer. You fear the world too much. Gain engrosses you. Bella went to Scrooge to, 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 uh, to Ebenezer to talk to him and say, you know what, you are changing. The choices that you're making are changing. The person that, that I got engaged to 
that person that, that had some joy in his life is no longer there. You've made choices and you're changing. And ultimately that leads Bella to, to make this statement. It says to Scrooge, I release you from our engagement. You see, Scrooge cho chose ambition over love. He chose profit and product productivity over his relationship with Bella. And that robbed him of joy. That scarred him for a long, long too, a long, long time. And, and you know what, as we think about this Christmas season, we, think, we can think, you know what, we're going to come in contact with some people in our life, friends and family, that maybe we haven't always gotten along with. That maybe in the past they've said some things to us that were pretty hurtful, and we've said some things to them that are pretty hurtful. And sometimes around the holidays when we get together, it uncovers those wounds. They become fresh and anew. Or sometimes those wounds are added to, unfortunately. Sometimes, uh, you know, uh, our relationship with others are difficult and those wounds are added to, and, and, and it makes it a very difficult time to celebrate. It makes a very difficult time to be joyful. And sometimes when we get together with family and friends, maybe they don't you know, give us wounds, and, and, but maybe they always remind us of our past failures. Maybe we're always the butt of their jokes, of the things that didn't always turn out the way that we thought they would. And the things that didn't always happen the way that we thought they, they would. And and around the holiday season, we find ourselves remembering harsh words and disappointments and interactions that we wish would have been different. And these lead to heartache and distress and not to joy and happiness. And so the question is, you know, if, if wounds of our past rob us of joy and if our past bad choices rob us of our joy, how do we overcome those? I mean, how do, how do we overcome those heartache and difficulties that have robbed us of our joy? And the good news is that in spite of our past, we can choose joy. That's the good news. While we can't change the past, we can learn from it and allow us to make different choices for the present that will give us a better future. And that's the good news. And remember from last week, Pastor Dick told us, change is God's main business. He can change those relationships. He can change that heartache. And we can take steps to reawaken joy this Christmas season, I think by changing our life focus. By changing our life's focus. If we want to experience joy this Christmas, let me suggest three places that we need to focus our hearts and minds on. And that first place is this. We need to focus on Jesus. We need to focus on Jesus. And I'm, I know you're thinking, well, that's, that's a no-brainer, Pastor Jonathan. That, that seems pretty simple. Seems pretty cut and dry. Christmas is about Jesus. We need to focus on Jesus. Thank you for that profound statement. Um, uh, you know, but, but think about this. We live in a country that has forgotten that, that, that Christmas is about Jesus. We live in a country that tells us Christmas is about us. It's about our presence. It's about what we get. It, it's, it's all about us. Uh, one Christmas afternoon, someone asked a five-year-old named Ruth, did you get everything you wanted for for Christmas? She hesitated for a moment, and she said this, No, but then it's not my birthday. I thought, wow, that's a, that's a pretty profound statement, isn't it? Uh, and and what, what a good perspective that, hey, Christmas isn't about us, it's about Jesus. 
the day after Thanksgiving um, in Millersburg, uh, there is a celebration. I guess you can call it that. Uh, but uh, uh, Millersburg is where Dana and I grew up, and, and we go back there quite a bit. Our, our family lives there. And the day after thanks, Thanksgiving, that Friday, it's the big Christmas. Uh, they, they light the, the lights in, in the square uh, at, at, for Christmas. And it's, they have this big tree that they turn on, and uh, everyone gathers around the gazebo, and they have a program where they sing songs and everything like that. And, and one of the highlights of the program is Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus ride into town on the fire truck, and the kids go crazy, and and so we were there this this year. We we go pretty much every year, whether I want to or not. We go, and uh, um, I guess who's the humbug in our family? Maybe it's me. Uh, but but we go every year. At least last year it was like freezing cold, and that was pretty miserable. This year it was a nice nice temperature, and and 6:30 Santa Claus was hitting the square, and all the kids were excited, and so. And you could see the, the fire truck coming in the distance, and my kids were pumped. And they were, they were, they got to the best spot where they could see Santa Claus, and we have pretty blurry pictures of them, just their faces, just watching Santa Claus and, and his wife show up. And, and they come, and all the kids are excited, and they go up on the gazebo, and, and, and Santa Claus greets the crowd, and, and he wasn't a very good Santa Claus either. You know, he wasn't like, you know, selling it that he was really Santa Claus, but, but he did say this. He, 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 he welcomed the crowd, and his last statement was this. He said, remember the reason for the season. Remember the reason for the season. It was, it was just, a, just a brief statement that made a big impact, because a day or two later, Daniel was having a conversation with Zachary. And Zachary says, hey, Mommy, did you hear Santa Claus at the square that night when he came to Millersburg? He said, he said, remember the reason for the season. Zachary says to, to Dana, he says, see, Santa Claus loves Jesus too. <laughs> and, and uh, uh, you know, maybe not exactly the greatest illustration, but you know what? Christmas is about Jesus. And if we, if we start to lose our joy, we need to, we need to make sure that our focus is on Jesus, that we're celebrating the right person. You know what? It's so easy to get wrapped up in the celebration of Christmas that we forget who we're supposed to be celebrating God's amazing love for us that he would give us the gift of his son, Jesus. That's who we celebrate. And you know what? We just don't celebrate that. We just don't remember the Savior as this baby in the manger. But we remember that this baby grew up. He lived a perfect life. He went to the cross to pay for our sins and he rose again to give us new life, eternal life. You see, if we feel like we're losing our joy this Christmas season, we need to examine our focus, and our focus needs to be on Jesus. And in 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, it says this, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world, that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. These verses just kind of remind us that Jesus is the main focus of Christmas. He should be our main focus this Christmas. And if he is our main focus this Christmas, we will receive joy because we understand what it's all about. Now, how, how do we make that practical this Christmas season? How, what's the application here? If we're going to focus on Jesus, that, that, that's... You know, that, that seems like a no-brainer. Well, what's some practical applications? Well, the, the application is we need to read the right Christmas story. 
You know what? This time of year, there are so many Christmas stories. Uh, I think on Tuesday night, Santa Claus came, came to town on TV. And, and there are so many different Christmas stories, and there are so many different Christmas books. But you know what? We need to read the right Christmas story. And as I was thinking about this, there, there are some great things that are out there that are available to you. One of the, one of the sites that I use is uversion.com. It, it's, it's an online Bible. If you have a smartphone, they have an app that come, goes along with it. And there are Advent readings that you can subscribe to that, you, that can help keep your focus on Christmas. And so I, I subscribe to two Advent uh, uh, readings that, that I re- look at every day, and it just helps to keep my focus in the right spot, that Christmas is about Jesus. It's totally free, but it helps to keep our focus. We need to read the right Christmas story. Uh, Dana was with a bunch of a bunch of her friends, and this weekend that she came home with this this um, this idea of reading this Jesse Tree story. And I don't know if you're familiar with the Jesse Tree, but it kind of it kind of uh, follows the line of Jesse to Jesus, and it's a great way that you can get your family involved in reading the true Christmas story. So we've tried to, to try to read each day one of those Jesse Tree readings to our kids so that they can read the right Christmas story. But if we want to focus on Jesus, we better make sure that we're focusing on the right story because there are lots of different Christmas specials you can watch. There's lots of different Christmas books that you can read. And they're not necessarily bad, but you know what? They don't have the main reason for Christmas. So we need to focus on the real story this Christmas. And, and we need to give that our focus and give that our attention and read the right story. So that's the first thing that we need to do. If we want to rekindle that joy, we need to focus on Jesus. The second thing we need to do is we need to focus on others. We need to focus on others. You know, our world does a great job of conditioning us from an early age that Christmas is about us. And it's never more apparent than that time-honored tradition of writing the Christmas lists. How many people here have people in their family that have written out the Christmas list or received the Christmas list? Let's be honest. Our kids, our kids, when it comes to this time of year, they write out their Christmas lists. And you know what? The good news is that they have lots of help because every day catalogs and newspaper flyers show up at our house to help to help them in this process. And, and it's really nice of those people to send those things to us, to, to help in that process. And not only that, but in, in today's world with the, with the Internet, they also have the Internet at their fingertips 24-7 to help them write their Christmas lists. We live in a world that says Christmas is about me. It's about what I'm going to get. And it was never more apparent to me of this than, again, another story from Black Friday. My aunt uh, takes, loves my kids, and, and every year on Black Friday, she takes them shopping. And it's not for them. Their, their church does this, this thing where for local kids in their community that, uh, that, are, that, that are going through some rough times, that they, they try to get gifts for them and give them so they have a nice Christmas. And every year, she takes them to go buy gifts for these kids so that they can help pick them out. And, and, you know, and Dana and I were pretty confident that they do a good job at this because every year we, we try to do Operation Christmas Child with them. And, and, and we have them, we, we have a night where we go shopping and the whole specific purpose is they get to pick toys to put in two boxes to send to other kids. And they, and they understand that and they usually do a pretty good job with that. And, and 
they get excited about that, and it's really neat to see. And so we're thought, okay, well, they'll do a great job at this. They've done this before. It'll be great. And so they go to Walmart on Black Friday in Elizabethville. So don't, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere. There's nobody there. And, and, uh, uh, they weren't braving the crowds or anything like that. But, and, and so they go and, 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 and I didn't go along. Uh, Dana and my mom and my other aunt and the kids went and did their shopping. My dad and I were home working on something and trying to get out of going shopping, I guess. And, uh, um, and I, they come home and I asked Dana, I said, hey, how did it go? I was all excited for them to have this opportunity. And she said, well, it went all right. I said, Haley did a great job. She really got it and understood it. She said, and then there was Zachary. And once you know, I mean, he does play with dolls, so we knew that he was going to have a, have a, have a, no, he doesn't, but, but, uh, so, so, uh, but he had an issue with this, and Dana, Dana was pretty frustrated with it. He said, you know what, he spent the whole time in that store going around telling everybody this is what he wanted for Christmas. I want this for Christmas, and I want this for Christmas, and I want this for Christmas. And then it got to the point where not only did he want that for Christmas, but he wanted it for Christmas today, that day. He wanted to take it home. And, and, and Dana, Dana looked pretty defeated by that whole thing. She looked pretty upset about it. And, and what a great example of Zachary not really putting two and two together and understanding that Christmas isn't about us and what we get. But really, it's about others. And what my aunt was trying to do was, again, trying to reinforce that concept that, hey, you know, we need to show other people love during this time. And, and Zachary, he didn't get it. But Christmas is the time that, that, that we celebrate this most wonderful gift that God has given us, Jesus. And his focus in giving Christ to the world was his love for others. His focus in giving Christ to the world was his love for others. He gave us the example that we should be willing to follow. You know, Luke 20, 35, it says, Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And in 1 John 4, 7 and 8, and, and verses 7, 8, 11, and 12, it goes on and says this, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. I like that last verse. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. You see, it's very clear here that not only is, you know, if we want to rekindle this joy in our life, we need to focus on Jesus, but, but God wants us to focus on others. He wants us to focus on reaching out to others, being kind to others, especially during this Christmas season, using that as a ministry opportunity to show them God's love. This week I was thankful that uh, Haley had the opportunity to see this love of others in full, in full force. She has a student in her class that family went through a rough time this, this, this uh, fall with the flood and lost their house and lost everything. And her teacher sent an email home and said that you know, this, this student's birthday was coming up and they'd like to have a birthday party for, her, for this student. Uh, that, that, you know, it's been a rough year and I'm not sure he's going to have a birthday party and, and, and sent home some lists of things that this student liked. I said, we'd like to have this surprise birthday party. And this week they got to have that surprise birthday party. And they got to live out that, that focus of others and show them love 
through this difficult circumstance. And I am so thankful for Mrs. Danielson to have that idea. To teach my daughter, hey, that Christmas isn't about us. It's about Jesus and it's about loving other people with Jesus' love. And that's what they got to do. And this student got to have a great birthday. What a great, great story. This week, Pastor Dick, someone, someone came in to see Pastor Dick and, and, and this from our congregation gave, gave him a, uh, a pretty nice sum of money and, and, and said, you know, I want you to use this to help other people this Christmas season that maybe aren't going to have a good Christmas season. What a great example of being others focused, of living like Jesus wants us to live. And so the application for this point is this, you know what? we need to make a new Christmas list. As a family, we need to make a new Christmas list. We need to sit down and make a list of things that we can do this Christmas season to show other people the love of Jesus Christ. And you might say, well, you know, we don't have the resources to do that. You know what? It doesn't take resources. You can bake them some cookies. You can go visit them. You know, if you have kids, you can go to their house and have your, have your little kids sing Christmas carols to them off-key. I mean, you can do whatever you want to do. But you know what? This Christmas season, if we're going to live this out, we need to make a new Christmas list. And we need to put down some things that we're going to do to show other people His love. Because I guarantee if you do that, you will experience joy. Joy that you won't experience Christmas morning when you open those gifts. Because that joy will last. When you, when you love other people, you're doing what God wants you to do. You're doing what God created you to do. And that joy will last. That joy will fill you up. It'll make you smile. It, it, it will give you purpose to live. And so the second thing we need to do is focus on others. And the final thing that we need to do is this. We need to focus on yourself. You need to focus on yourself. As you enter this Christmas season, you may be already ready for it to be over. Uh, you, you may be stressed out. You may be the Scrooge of your family with the humbug perspective. Uh, you may have little or no joy as we enter the most wonderful time of the year because it's not that wonderful to you. It's just full of stuff to do and things, deadlines to meet and all those kind of things. And if that's the case, then maybe you need to spend some time focused on yourself. Now hear me out, guys. What I'm saying is, what I'm not saying is this. I'm not saying that, you know, you need to spend some time focused on yourself. So next weekend, you need to block out your schedule and, and just sit and watch football and basketball games. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, you know, cause you need some, you need some quality time to focus on yourself. And ladies, what I'm also not saying this is that, uh, you know, in the midst of all this holiday preparation and different things like that and all the things that you have to do, I'm not encouraging you to schedule a holiday at the mall for some retail therapy, just focused on yourself. That's, that's not the kind of focus that I'm talking about this morning. But what I'm talking about is we need to focus on ourselves. And I believe that one of the reasons we don't experience joy in our lives and joy in our relationship with Jesus Christ is because of sin. Because we've allowed sin into our life. We live in a world that's selling a totally different worldview than God's word is. And sometimes we buy into those lies and, and our focus and our priorities get messed up. In 1 John 2, 15 to 17, it says this, don't love the world or anything in the world. 
If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful men, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. When I say that you need to focus on yourself, I mean you need to see that, you need to, you need to examine and you need to see if the real reason that you lost your joy this Christmas season is because you've allowed sin in your life. Sin, when not identified and, conve- and, and, when not identified and confessed, can be a real joy killer. We think it's great, and, and you know, sin, sin leads us down this, this, this trail and, and, and feeds us this lie that, hey, it feels good, you know, it's great, go ahead and do it. But it never tells us the payoff. And the payoff is never looks as good as advertised. It always comes with strings attached and heartache and consequences. Sin, when not identified and confessed, can be that joy killer in your life. And when we follow the world in its sinful ways, we can't follow after God. We can't choose both paths. We've got to choose one or the other. But the good news is this, when a believer, as a believer, when we recognize the sin in our lives, when we repent, God will forgive us and our relationship with him is restored and our joy will be restored. That's the good news. In 1 John 2, 1 and 2, it says this, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sin of the world. And then that very familiar verse in 1 John 1, we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You know, we need to focus on ourselves, and we need to examine our hearts and our lives and see if we have allowed sin into our life. And if that's the case, that's stealing our joy. We need to repent it. Repent of it and, and ask God to forgive us. And, and when we do, our, our joy will be restored. And so the application is pretty simply this. We need to make sure everything is just right this Christmas. There's a lot of things the Christmas season that we want to make sure is right. We want to make sure we got the right gifts for everyone on our list. We want to make sure that we have the right decorations up. We want to make sure that we, ha- we get the right Christmas cards out to the right people. We want to make sure that we have everything right for the Christmas meal. And it goes on and on and on. You know what? We spend a lot of time focused on getting everything right during the Christmas season. And my fear, because I've seen it in my own life, is I don't spend any time making sure that I'm right this Christmas season. I get focused on all those other things, and I don't keep track of my heart and my, and my life. And I don't examine to see if I've allowed sin in my life, and, and that sin will rob us of our joy. So how do we rekindle joy this Christmas? Uh, I gave you uh, what seems to be a pretty simple equation to follow. Focus on Jesus. Focus on others. Focus on yourself. If you do that, you know what? You will have, you will experience joy. Jesus, others, yourself. Don't let this Christmas season go by and be the humbug in your family. Don't allow those past hurts to steal you, to steal that joy from you. 
Don't allow this Christmas season to, to, to just be a focus on you and what you're going to get, but let's, let's truly focus on the real reason of the season. And let's focus on sharing his love with others. And let's focus on making sure our hearts and lives are right. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for how you showed us your love and, and, and the greatest gift that we could ever experience in, in Jesus Christ. And we thank you for Christmas and we thank you for what it means to us that you came to earth in the form of a baby. And, and because of him, and because of that great gift from you, we can have joy in our lives. Father, forgive us when we've allowed that joy to be stolen, that joy to be quenched by other focuses, other priorities in our life. And, and Lord, I pray this year that for each and every one of us sitting here in this, in this sanctuary this morning, that this would be the most joyful Christmas ever. Because our hearts and our minds are in the right place. We're focused on you. We're focused on showing your love to others. We're focused on making sure our hearts and lives are right with you. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you that you are the true source of joy. In Jesus' name we pray.